to the Homie System Podcast, episode number 30. My name is Phil, and joining me as always is my partner in crime, Rohan. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good, thank you. And no guests with us today, but we do have a new release to go through and a couple of big announcements from this release. But first, I think we need to kick it off with a bit of important uh, news which came out over the past fortnight which is a security patch that came out with 0.73.3. Yeah, so it looks like uh, just there's a security incident that's happened. So essentially what's happening is the SSL verification wasn't properly uh, properly implemented. So in this case, the recommendation is to upgrade your, your Home Assistant installation, especially if it's public-facing. Like, as in it's not just within your network. Yeah. So this was a security vulnerability just discovered this week with Home Assistant itself using uh, one of the Python libraries that it uses. It affects all Home Assistant versions since 0.56. And uh, if you haven't upgraded in a while and you're running anything before 0.56, just as an FYI, 0.56 came out in October 21st uh, last year. So if you haven't upgraded for a while, I think it's time to... uh, think about upgrading immediately yeah and and the recommendation is also just in case just to um, reset your api keys or regenerate new api keys and such just in case anything happened even though it's unlikely you you don't know right so yeah the release of home assistant 0.56 they misconfigured the uh, ssl context for the uh, all-in-one http uh, which is used in home assistant uh, it did make Home Assistant sort of uh, susceptible to a man-in-the-middle attack, which there is information on the blog post, which we will leave links to. Very important if you are using a few of the components highlighted that you do consider updating those API keys as well, as Rohan just mentioned. Yeah, exactly. But now we get on to some good stuff, which is the new release 0.74, and... You know, it's episode 30, so it's a nice round number for the podcast, and I think it's a a great little uh, way to announce that uh, there's a now functional user support in Home Assistant. This is something that a lot of people have been asking for, and here we go. We're finally starting to see the first iteration of users. Yeah, just uh, going through the pull request, uh, it actually looks pretty interesting. So again, you can have multiple uh, users, and, and, and I mean, when Phil and I were chatting offline, I think... I think, Phil, correct me if I'm wrong, right now there's no, uh, like, there's different roles. So there's like an, like almost like an admin role and then a user role, but there's no role-based access based on an admin or a user. It's just that the uh, admin can generate new users. and Exactly, and yeah. Can. So an admin can create users, but a user can't create other users and a user can't create other admins. And you also can't restrict anyone. So you can't restrict, for example, a tablet user to only having access to a certain tab or a certain set of functions or anything like that. So it's still very early days, but now users in Home Assistant can have their own usernames and passwords. So this is a very good start to the the new authentication. Exactly. And rather than having a shared API key that maybe you and, you know, I don't know, your family, your kids, whatever, all, all use, now everybody can have their own username password. And that means... Uh, especially if you're if you're allowing any config or anything like that down the road the idea is that you know only uh, certain users can access certain resources yeah so i think it's uh, very exciting 
there is one note that I believe if you're using uh, Hass.io, you will still need to use the original uh, API password. And that should also still be supported. So remember, this is brand new authentication method. So there is going to be backwards compatibility if you are using the API password for your home assistant that is still working, that hasn't changed. This is just another layer on top where you can activate this new user authentication system. Yeah, exactly. And 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 again, keep in mind, this is in like very early, I wouldn't even call it beta, just very, very early testing, right? So Yeah, yeah. Well, I think this is sort of the the first implementation of user authentication because the, the goal is to allow users to create their own authentication methods, you know, so eventually yeah. we're going to get OAuth and, you know, you may be able to log in with your Facebook account if you want to do that. So, yeah, once this base is sort of, the foundation is really laid out very well, then we'll see some awesome stuff coming soon with authentication. So, yeah, exactly. good work here, guys. Yeah, no, this is definitely still very, very exciting. So, And then we have, as always, there's other new platforms. And the first one we have is the Duke Energy Smart Meters. So if you're in a couple of the uh, US states, you can now monitor your Duke Energy within Home Assistant. So that's awesome. Yeah, it's nice uh, electricity monitoring, I guess. So that's kind of cool. Um, also, push cameras. You now allow uh, platforms to have custom scripts so that... You know, in terms of having images that get posted to the to Home Assistant, you can kind of pull them from there and such. Yeah, that'll be cool for weather radars, I think. Yeah. Anything, yeah, sort of anything that can take like a momentary snapshot of something and then just have it, because Home Assistant will create a little image from that or a little animation, I should say. So that's really cool. Exactly. So that's, uh, that is kind of neat. And here's one that I thought was already integrated with Home Assistant, but apparently not. Cloudflare. DNS, which is a DNS management service. We actually use it on the Hass Podcast website just to manage our DNS. Mm-hmm. It is now supported in Home Assistant itself. So you can have your Home Assistant update your Cloudflare DNS records and have, you know, your maybe your IP address change, uh, similar to how DuckDNS works. I'm hoping this is what uh, Cloudflare will support. And then you can have your updated IP address point to your custom domains, so then you can access your home assistant or whatever else you need to from Cloudflare as well. So that's a great addition. Oh yeah. That's interesting. That's really cool. Um, also, uh, I don't know how to pronounce this, but the Tuya component. Uh, so I guess they're in, uh, they're another uh, smart hub essentially, uh, or, or a platform for, for IOT. Uh, there's now integration for fan light and switch uh, switches from, uh, from the Tuya uh ecosystem yeah that's really cool so interesting and great to see like usually when we get a new platform you know it's just oh we'll just have switches supported oh we'll just have lights but no there is fans lights and switches all in the first release so yeah awesome job there exactly and and what's cool is this is one of those other platforms that personally i had i hadn't heard of and uh again another another cool platform that's uh coming in so just add it to the shopping list yeah yeah exactly and some more homatic ip uh updates this time, an alarm control panel has been added into Home Assistant. Are you using an alarm control panel at all in your home, Rohan? No, I'm not. I just I just have it all triggered based on whether I'm home or whether I'm not. Um, and it's a little easier because it's just me. Uh, yes, right. And, uh, and, and, and I've got uh, sensors in my car and such as well. So to know whether, again, uh, between my phone, my car, so on and so forth, uh, with a reasonable sense of accuracy, am I home or not? So I, I don't really 
at least at this point, I don't find a use for the control panel, but. I know it's funny. Like I always thought, you know, why, what's the point of having uh, the control panel in, in a home now that, you know, I, my, my home knows when my phone's connected that I'm home and I don't need to disarm the alarm because it just automatically disarms before it. But yeah. then you see like some cool integrations that people are doing with their alarm panels, you know, codes to do this and instant reactions, the the old home stay alarm set night mode. Sort of, I'm considering actually activating, I think, I believe there's a, an MQTT alarm panel that you can act so you don't need, you know, any hardware or anything. You can run it all through software and home assistant. So it's making me very tempted to set something like that up. Yeah, I, I, I do. I do. The one use case I do see is so between when my presence sensor in my car dies and me actually changing the battery typically takes a couple of weeks, mostly just because <laughs> a for the most part, I, I don't really notice until one of the, one of the automations I have is if I'm not home when all the lights turn on, it'll only turn on a couple of the lights and so on and so forth. So the, the only time I really notice is, is when I do that. And then at that point, I'll get my, uh, I'll just yell out my echo to turn on the like the table lamps or something like that. So, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but 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 no, I, I I definitely do think there is a there is a good use case for overriding your presence in in the alarm control panel. But uh, and and again, that also assumes that my phone is dead at that point. Which lately, I guess I need to upgrade my battery or update my battery. And uh, yeah, it's 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 been more often than not. So <laughs> so there, there there may be a use case for me doing this. <laughs> Yeah, they can, maybe I've sold you on a activating an alarm control panel component. Yeah, but but I think I'm lazier than that, so it's okay. <laughs> it requires Fair effort enough. for now that <laughs> that I don't want to put in. And but uh, but yeah, no, definitely definitely uh, cool to have. And some breaking changes: uh, Fixer.io sensors now require an API key. So when you upgrade to the latest release, you will need to put in an API key to any fixer.io sensors you may be using. So watch out for that one. Also, Synology DSM sensor now supports HTTPS and Home Assistant will actually assume that it's by default and on port 5001. So if it's, if that's not the case, then you will notice that it's not working in a Home Assistant. You can either you can either go into your config and say, hey, I'm not using HTTPS and set it to false uh, and, and set the port number back uh, or turn on HTTPS, which is probably more secure. So you might want to consider doing that. Mm, especially if you're exposing it to the internet. Yeah, you definitely you definitely uh, want to make sure that HTTPS is enabled through and through for that. Again, it's not going to stop. Uh, it's not going to stop people from breaking in or anything. It's what it's going to do is it's going to hopefully stop people from reading the data between in this in this case between machines. Yeah, the, man, the old man in the middle attack. Exactly. And trad free globes from ikea will no longer be automatically detected by the home assistant HomeKit integration so if you're relying on HomeKit and trad free integration with home assistant just watch out for that one um, there's some more notes in the release notes for that one on why that is the case so be sure to check that out as well interesting limitless led if you use limitless led today basically there's a few changes where you can't use rgb color and color temp at the same time the reason is because the light bulb can't be doing a color as well as being white at the same time kind of thing. So again, there's more around that in the release notes, but, but yeah, so just look out for that as well. So I have a whole bunch of limitless LED lights and I'm not using so many more in my new place, which I just moved into, but I have noticed uh, within maybe the last month or two or so, the limitless LED website is actually offline. And I remember 
couple of months ago, they were having big sales on their online store. So I'm a bit oh. worried that Limitless LED may be uh, out of business. I don't know what that means for oh. their apps and their cloud connection. I haven't noticed anything yet. Everything's still working locally fine for me at the moment. But yeah, hopefully, I know they have a, a few different uh, branding, like they're called MyLight in the USA and PyLight somewhere else. So hopefully those other spin-offs are still continuing. But yeah, I'm a bit concerned for Limitless LED at the moment. That's interesting. That's, uh, yeah, that's a little worrying. Yeah, because they're a very popular little light bulb as well. Yeah, wow. That's, uh, yeah, that's definitely, definitely scary. Um, some other noteworthy changes in this release. There are additional sensors for the Arlo baby cameras. So if you own an Arlo baby camera, you now have access to additional sensors. So that's cool. That's neat. Also, new voice are added to Amazon Polly. Uh, so that's a text-to-speech uh, engine that's behind there. So um, Carlo will love that. Yeah, exactly. There you go. So Maybe Carlo, he can have you can one have of a- these. Um, yeah, he can use one of these new voices for different sorts of announcements. Maybe he'll have the Matthew voice announce when the International Space Station flies over, and then he can use like layer to announce the bins need to be taken out or something <laughs> yeah exactly exactly let us know uh to to everybody out there let us know uh if you're having fun with this and if you do something cool like that uh i'd love to see uh see what kind of stuff uh, people come up with yeah that'd be awesome and there's a change to the ring binary sensor um the frequency polling has been avoided uh, has been changed to avoid the rate limit so if you're experiencing rate limit issues with your ring doorbell they should be fixed in this release, so you'll be enjoying that. Perfect. Uh, just got one on uh, for during Amazon Prime uh, Prime Day, so uh, hopefully uh, that alleviates any potential issues for me down the road. <laughs> well, you won't even notice now. That's right. That's right. I, I never knew this was a thing. So, and and on this kind of related note to to the text to speech, uh, so the Echo is now supported in Italian, Spanish, and French when it comes to the Home Assistant Cloud component. So that's awesome. Great to see that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, some additional languages. I believe there was uh, it started with just English and German uh, that originally came out. So it's cool to see other languages as well with the international expansion. Yeah, exactly. And 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 I'm assuming there's going to be more that ended up coming into this as well down the road. So yeah, um, another big announcement that came out this past fortnight is the release of Hass OS. Yes. Um, so we've talked about uh, Hass IO. Uh, a bit on the show and how it's using Docker and all that. So HasOS is basically the new operating system that they've created for the specific purpose of running uh, HasIO. So if you're ready to get confused with all the acronyms, here we go. So HasIO is a way to run Home Assistant. It uses uh, Docker to run a Docker version of Home Assistant and then it controls that Home Assistant instance. That's what HasIO does. HasOS is a way for you to install HasIO easily on hardware. For example, the Raspberry Pi 3, which is actually supported. The new, the latest uh, 3B Plus is supported. I know a lot of people have been asking about that. So now you should be able to just download an image of HasOS and everything will just self-install and be good to go. You'll have Hasio running and access to Home Assistant. Yeah, so that's uh, that's really neat. So it really gets to that that uh, kind of end state of having uh, like a full featured hub, essentially, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, where now you can start adding new features and doing all that kind of stuff as uh, as different containers need to be spun up and such. So that's uh, that's really cool. I actually saw a picture. Um, I forget who posted it. I, I think I either liked it or retweeted it. 
of a bunch of different uh, like orange pie and such that were that that's being tested on uh, has OS. Um, so, yeah. So there's lo- yeah, lots of different hardware. I think even uh, a nook is supported as well. Yeah. Which is, uh, which is super cool. So if, if people are using those platforms, then, you know, you can now re- start repurposing these, especially if you have older ones and such, you can start repurposing that to, uh, to, to do these, uh, to run has OS and, uh, you know, and run has IO on top of that kind of thing yeah so uh and also i guess we should say thank you to anyone that donated hardware or donated money to the guys working on has os so thank you for that as well makes everyone's life a bit easier yeah absolutely at parker our purpose is simple we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently by using more sustainable practices by developing better technologies we keep moving forward with each new idea innovation and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. So Lovelace has been really kicking off. Everyone's loving Lovelace by the looks of it. There's been some great custom cards have been added. Marius has been just killing it on the community forums. There's a gauge card, which looks very similar to the uh, Grafana or Google charts. So that's cool. You could have like a, a little gauge to say how hot it is in a room or whatever. Yeah. Really like that. Yeah. There's the, uh, there's the alarm card too, which, uh, which uh, might, uh, might be interesting for you, Phil. Yeah. Um, once again, I saw this in the forums. I'm like, oh, really? That looks really, now it just makes sense. Like put it on a tablet near the doorway, have the alarm control panel up there with that nice card. Well, exactly. Right. And that's it. That's, that's, you're good to go. Yeah, exactly. And I saw the there's an attributes card. Attributes in Home Assistant are usually fairly hidden away. For example, let's say you have a binary sensor yeah. that has its battery uh, levels and other things like humidity or the last time motion was detected. They're all attributes to yes. a to that sensor. Now with the attributes card, you can actually bring them to the front of the UI in Lovelace. So that's really cool. Yeah, so a lot of times they're they're hidden behind uh, behind the card itself, right? So we'd have to click on it, and you can kind of tell whatever. Uh, or you'd or, have to create a template sensor to pull them out. Exactly, or or you'd have to go into uh, the dev screen and then pull the attributes yeah. from there. In in this case, uh, you can actually kind of just easily pull it front and center. So more more reason for for Lovelace. Have you have you turned on Lovelace yet? Have you have you been playing with it at all? I, I have. I've got a, a little bit. I have many tabs that I'm and lots of groupings that I'm very reluctant to just give up. But yeah. I have put it I've made it my default on uh the tablet which is in my kitchen. I'm I'm using Lovelace as an excuse to rewrite my UI basically and make make it more functional for other users of the home. So I've just basically got the home screen which has um a couple of photos of the people in my home, if we're our status, you know, home away, just arrived, etc. Yeah. I also have a weather radar showing from windy.com, just showing, you know, the, the rain radar. And that's about it at the moment. So. Oh, that's still neat. That's, uh, yeah, yeah. I've, I've been wanting to do it. So tip. So it's funny, any kind of big, uh, big changes like this and stuff I always do when I, when I travel, right? Cause what else am I going to do on the air, uh, <laughs> at the airport or on the airplane? Or, or, in, the, or in the hotel, right? Like, uh, what am I going to do now? Right? Well, like, exactly. Yeah. 
So it gives me it gives me something to do, especially on the airplane. It's 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 between you know working on Home Assistant configs and and organizing my email, and I specifically make sure I don't connect to the in-flight Wi-Fi so that I can <laughs> organize my email without getting another hundred emails <laughs> during that time. So that uh, that that's uh, so this might be uh, this might be uh, an airport slash airplane project for me. Uh, yeah, because I, I haven't I haven't actually played with Lovelace yet. Like I've I've seen a lot of the configs and I've seen uh, people configure it. I just I just haven't done it yet. But it's just like you said, it's a it's a big enough undertaking that uh, that I want to actually focus and do it properly. Yeah, and there's so much like there's so many cool cards out there, and it's sort of rearranging how to set up the UI. Yeah, I think it's going to be a little fun project for you as well. Yeah, exactly. So. I'll, uh, I'll 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 definitely have a solid look at that when I travel later on. Also, some other custom component cards for Lovelace. There's an animated weather card, so we'll leave links to all these in the show notes as well. And there's also the Munich public transport card as well for Lovelace. Um, so that's really cool. Yeah, it's it's so so to everybody making these uh, these cards. These are awesome. Just keep at it. I I, I really like the the Munich public transport. Just it. You know, you look at it and you see the different route numbers and such. And uh, I'm assuming those are route numbers. I can't, I, I don't speak German. I can't read it. But, <laughs> uh, but it, it, I don't know. To me, it just looks cool, right? It, it adds a little splash of color because it's, you know, you've got the, like, I'm just looking at the screenshot in the, uh, in the uh, Home Assistant community post. And like, you've got the red 19, the green U1, like that kind of thing, right? And it's just, uh, I, I I know it's it sounds silly, but I I love that kind of stuff, and even even with the animated weather cards and such, it's uh, very cool. I think it's given another bit of energy to the Home Assistant front end, the the whole Lovelace movement. Sort of, we we had a nice UI in Home Assistant. Sort of, yeah. There was other things coming along. There was floor plan. There was tileboard just came out, and and all that. And then Lovelace has come out, and then we're like, oh well, now we can do this in the Home Assistant front end, and. Everyone's getting a little bit excited, so yeah, I'm very pleased. Yeah, I know for sure. And 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 for those of you uh, that are using uh, Lovelace, and so Thomas Lovin has actually created a Python script where you can split your Lovelace config and all the YAML files there into multiple YAML files, and then the script will merge them together. So essentially, you know, it, it makes your organization for those uh, a little nicer. Very similar to how Home Assistant uses the include for yaml as it does when you split up your automations and your scripts into different directories now there's a way to do that in lovelace yeah exactly there's a github link and uh we'll leave that in the show notes so usually it's this time of the show where we go oh what's what's going on with you but because we don't have a guest today i thought i'd i'd spin the microphone onto you rohan and just say what's new in your home assistant install what have you done recently that's you haven't had a chance to talk about oh man so so recently, there's there actually hasn't been a ton of stuff that I've done. Uh, I am buying, or again, like I said, I did uh, I did buy a couple of new components. So uh, uh, I'm I'm waiting actually. Hopefully today uh, or tomorrow, uh, I get my ring, and uh, I want to put that in. Uh, I've actually been uh, focused on helping my parents out. Uh, they just moved uh, a couple of weeks ago, so I've been uh, setting helping them set up door sensors and such as well um uh, are you going to get them to use home assistant yeah so right now right now uh i'm just going through to try and figure out what uh what door sensors and stuff i want uh to to put at their place and then uh so the idea is essentially i don't want to play tech support so so how what's the I think easiest that is way the to number make this one work? goal yeah 
Yeah. So yeah, right right absolutely. now, right now they're just using. So uh, we upgraded a few of their light switches to uh, again to uh, Lutron, uh, similar to what I have. Uh, huge fan of that ecosystem, uh, except except when they decide to change certificates and not tell anybody anything breaks. <laughs> Um, but, they won't do that again. Yeah, yeah. Just just because I did it, but my parents are uh, using the app for now, and uh, they have it connected to their uh, Google Home. So, you know, for them, it's just a matter of saying, "Hey, turn on the lights," or "Hey, turn off the lights," or you know, set it to whatever percent kind of thing. Uh, so, so they're enjoying doing that. And uh, the the new place they they moved to, they've got uh, I guess the people that lived there before they built uh, they built like three sheds in the back. <laughs> So oh, really, yeah, it, which is weird, and they're all right next to each other. So I was kind of like, okay, so you could have just built one giant shed, <laughs> but uh, but hey, you know what? It uh, it works. My parents, uh, my parents are happy with it. So again, I want to stick a couple of sensors on there and such as well. Um, and they they are running power and such to those sheds, so that's kind of nice. Uh, so that oh, you've got power out there. That that that's handy. Yeah, so that means now I can start doing things like, okay, if I want to set up a camera in there and and or yeah. even outside of there, that's uh, that's something uh, that I can do. So, uh, but yeah, so that I, I've I've actually not been doing a whole lot on my home automation stuff. I've been really focused on my parents' stuff. Uh, and and right now it's just more research, right? It's it's almost like that brand new. Let's call it the honeymoon phase of of when you're. Uh, when you're going through home automation again, helping them figure out kind of yeah, get hey, to do experience see. it from the beginning again. Yeah, like, oh, so yeah, of course you can do that. Yeah, well, exactly. I, I've already got a whole bunch of components that I use, which I'm not going to change because I've already spent money on certain things. And you know, hey, cool. There's a new version of I don't know, like the Echobee or or a newer Nest or things like that. And it's like, eh, I don't need it. I've got an Echobee right now, and it works <laughs> fine, right? <laughs> like, like I, I, it's. So so right now I'm I, it's just, it's kind of fun right it's uh you know still doing a bit more research on uh, different uh, different components and things like that and see see what works uh, but yeah to answer your question yeah I probably will be using uh, using Home Assistant so uh, when I used to live with my parents I I did buy a a QNAP NAS so uh, but my parents decided you know they're they're also going to use a lot of that stuff and uh, they'd keep all their files on there and such so I can I'll probably just spin up a a Docker container in there and uh, and run it that way. Oh, nice. Well, at least your parents are a bit tech savvy, so they're, if they're using a NAS and got all the files on there, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it was a bit of it was a bit of me uh, kind of going, okay, well, let's because uh, I I got tired of uh, reminding my parents to back up their files and stuff like that. So I just yeah, right. I just got them. I taught them how to use like how to use file shares through the NAS and stuff like that. So you know, it works. It's. Uh, it's it's basic, like it's very primitive. It's nothing uh, nothing groundbreaking, but it's uh, it's nice. It's convenient, and then I have that NAS replicate over to my NAS at uh, at my place here. So, which is uh, which, just in case they lose their files. Right A nice there. little offsite backup sort of facility. Yeah, exactly. And I have my files going there as well. So, um, sure, you lose a bit of space, but I'm okay with that uh, for the for the yeah. sec- for the protection, right? So, yeah, definitely. But, Actually, uh, I saw something because uh, you were saying you're getting a, a ring, hopefully, yeah. in the next couple of days. There is a script in the Home Assistant community forums that allows you to grab the last recording from your ring doorbell. So you might be interested in using that. I'll leave a, a link in the show notes. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, it's uh, one of the things that I that the only thing that I kind of wasn't or that I was a little hesitant on with the ring is the uh, the subscription. So, uh, I'm, so is I'm, there actually a subscription? 
So it, it looks like there is. Uh, so I had to do a bit of research on this. So because I, I assumed it was a subscription based service, but I didn't know for a fact. And uh, so looking at it, uh, it's not a mandatory subscription, which uh, which and, and again, if if anybody has a ring and knows for a fact that I'm wrong, please let me know. Uh, <laughs> so so the way I read it, it's uh, it's not necessarily a mandatory subscription. Um, so basic features like uh, somebody presses the button and it kind of rings your phone kind of deal, that stuff will still work. But what won't work is uh, cloud recordings. So I, I guess the, the idea is you're kind of paying for that space and it looks like it costs about 30-ish bucks US uh, uh, right. for, for a single device uh, per year. So it's not too bad, but... Uh, it's still another subscription that you don't want to necessarily have to keep servicing. Right, and and A, it's a money thing, and B, it's a... You know, it's it's something that I would, I kind of need to keep track of, right? So yeah. Um. So if if anybody's got ways around that service where you know I can say, hey, I can download it locally to my NAS or something like that, please hit me up. Let me know. Uh, at Rohan K nine on Twitter, <laughs> that would be fantastic. <laughs> um. Yeah. So that, that's what's. Uh, Do they offer like a, a free tier or anything? Like I think the Nikki Arlo have like seven days worth of retention free if you have their cameras. Does ring have anything similar that you've seen yeah so there is again it it is usable i just uh from what i read and this could uh, like i said i'm going to preface this with uh i read this for about four seconds until i went okay i'll buy it uh <laughs> and uh, which probably isn't the best strategy when you're buying things uh, but yeah so there is a free tier but the free tier doesn't actually include any recorded storage from from what i understood again i might be wrong on that one uh so if you're if you're looking to get a ring, don't follow my advice. Just have have a read through the website. Uh, it, it was, you know what? I was uh, I was in the middle of the day and I was uh, rushing to. Well, I wasn't rushing to go out to a customer, but I had I had a couple of minutes before I had to go to a customer, so I was just uh, scrolling through uh, through the list, I guess, on Prime Day, and I saw that and I was like, oh, that's cool. So I just quickly googled it and I was like, uh, okay, I guess. I guess I'll get it. And I just quickly searched up, you know, how, what are the, what are the monthly rates and stuff? And by the time I was already getting late to go to the customer. So I was like, Oh, okay. I'll just buy it and deal with it later. <laughs> and, uh, and here we are. <laughs> there you are. Now you're an owner of a ring and you're not even sure if you want to be one yet. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, <laughs> we'll see, we'll see how it goes. It was, uh, you know what? It was actually, it was actually a pretty good deal. It was normally around 300 Canadian. Uh, and it was like a hundred and, 40 or something like that which is maybe 160 but yeah not 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 a terrible deal so i was kind of like oh, okay i'll pick it up see see what i think about it and you know go from there worse worse comes to worst uh I'll, I'll be selling a i'll be selling a ring on kijiji or something did you get the ring v1 or the v2 uh it's the ring pro so uh okay yep so the newer one yeah nice one so i, I like the form factor on that one a little nicer it's uh it's a little slimmer and kind of doesn't look too bulky. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's me. What about uh, what about you, Phil? Uh, what have I done? Okay, so I actually last week or so I moved my. I'm now running two uh, instances of Home Assistant in my home. So for those playing along at home, I've been running Home Assistant on my Synology for some time, and I found that you know as I'm running more Docker containers on the on the NAS, things just get really slow and I don't I don't want my lights turning on slower because you know I'm watching Plex and it's transcoding something. Right. 
I've moved uh, Home Assistant over onto basically split it into two things. So I have the Home Assistant, which is running on its own PC, which is a old Acer Revo, which is running the Docker container for Home Assistant. I haven't used HouseIO or anything like that, just pure Docker for the moment, just try and keep it as lean as possible. And then I've just been using packages to sort of move one package over from, you know, find out what I, I don't need, you know, slim trim the fat basically yeah, yeah. from my home assistant. So now I have, for example, on the Synology NAS, I will have my home assistant running there. And it basically does things like it'll go out and ping all the devices on the network to see if they're still online. And then if they're not online, then it will alert me. And because that's done in a separate Home Assistant instance, it's not affecting, there's not another component running on my main Home Assistant instance, which is going to slow that down. Then I have things like uh, reporting to Influx going from both instances of Home Assistant. So now I have things like my transmission download client is being done all on the Synology and my main Home Assistant instance, which doesn't care what speed my transmission is downloading at, will just, it doesn't need to know about it. So... Yeah, I think it's been a pretty big win so far. I've found walking into like the kitchen and the motion sensor picking up the yeah. motion and then turning the lights on, it's been a lot snappier. So, oh, that's great. Well, so what? What? Uh, so what? What are you using on the back end to to stitch the two uh, two instances together? Is it just straight MQTT or or what? Yeah, exactly. So if there are things that I I need to communicate back, so at the moment I am communicating back. Uh, so one example I have I have in the bedroom TV is uh, connected to the when it turns on it connects to the network via Wi-Fi and I know it's on because I can then ping it with a, an IP. I right. Know, yep, the TV is on. So when the TV is on, I don't want uh, things like the bedroom lights to turn off because there's you know we don't want to be watching TV in the bedroom and there'd be no motion. So the sensor turns the lights off. Don't want that. But I also don't want my main home assistant instance pinging the bedroom TV every 60 seconds and slowing that down when it's not necessary. So what I have is I have the Synology uh, home assistant pinging the bedroom TV, which is fine. It does that. Then when the bedroom TV turns on, it will then use the uh, MQTT state stream from Home Assistant to yep. then push that sensors update back to the other main master instance of Home Assistant. And then it goes, okay, that TV is on. I'll disable those automations to turn off the lights now. Oh, neat. Okay. That's that's actually really neat. Okay. Yeah. So my plan is to try and get everything that's non-essential onto the, onto the Synology and keep it, you know, sort of thing. So, for example, you know, one, another thing is like my... ISP usage, which we discussed in the last episode, if my ISP usage is above 80%, yeah, shut off my download clients. Well, I don't need you know, my master home assistant instance checking that every day or every hour. Like, let the Synology do that. And it's not a critical, as long as the lights turn on, I don't care. But if, you know, any of those secondary things that I don't care about that are just nice to have, they can be running on that second instance. Nice. No, that's uh, yeah. that's handy. So, so you have found a uh, a performance improvement, and it, it wasn't. I mean, it's more effort, but wasn't a ton it, of effort. It, it, it is and isn't. So, moving to packages for my home assistant config has definitely made it a lot seamless. So now I'm using secrets to store all my secret information. I'm using yeah. packages to keep everything together. Once they're all sort of packaged up, it's literally just oh, grabbing that whole file and moving it onto another instance and the secrets file can be the same between the two that's fine yeah and that's that's neat i guess now i have to upgrade two versions of like two instances of home assistant each fortnight but that's okay i, I can live with that 
Yeah, and and that's not too bad, especially depends on. Uh, I mean, it's it, since you're doing Docker, it's kind of you know one to two commands, right, to do that. So yeah, exactly. Uh, it's not it's not the biggest deal. If you were using the uh, the old school like Raspberry Pi method, where you had to go into the virtual environment and pull the update and yeah. stuff like that, then it's a little more tedious, right? But uh, but in this case, it sounds like you've got you know your setup pretty well defined and pulling. Uh, home assistant shouldn't be a big deal at that point so is there has there ever been any concern about feature disparity like you know you run zero point let's i don't know like 0.70 on one and 0.73 on the other kind of that kind of thing have you mm, not really because i'm using mqtt as the bridge between them two yeah like, features don't really like the different versions of home assistant don't really come into it because they don't really talk to each other it's basically the the slave updating the master of, you know, what information it has. Right. And so there's no real, yeah, it doesn't really require, you know, both versions to be in sync, if that makes sense. Yep. Yep. Okay. So that's good. So you don't, you don't run into those kind of issues either. No. And so, and this is the problem, like, I'm just trying to think like you've got a, a big bucket of water and I keep adding components and slowing everything down. So I just thought let's split it out into two separate systems, one's, the absolute mission critical stuff that cannot like has to go through it everything else that's secondary can go on that other instance and i don't care if it doesn't work so yeah if if you've got the time and you've got the resources i would definitely recommend giving it a go yeah that's that's something uh worth checking out so it's it's interesting because i was looking at doing that and uh and i don't know i think i was kind of less like hey okay is it a lot of work <laughs> do i do i want to do that much work uh, I, th- I think what we're learning from this episode is that I'm really lazy. Um, and <laughs> and uh, B is also it's like right now it, because it's running on my uh, on my proper Docker stack in my lab. The horsepower hasn't really ever been a problem, right? So it's kind of like, okay, is this a solution for me at least? Is it a solution looking for a problem? Yeah, right. So here I am. So I guess that's what, what highlighted my move was eventually, you know, lack of resources. I upgraded the RAM on the NAS and. Still, it wasn't enough, so, and now I've got to dedicate a com- computer just for home assistant, which isn't a, a beast of a computer by any mm-hmm. stretch of the imagination. So, obviously, throwing faster resources at it is I, you know, is would alleviate most of my problems. But I'm trying to use reuse as much hardware as I have here. I don't want to accumulate another beast of a server just to upgrade my home assistant game when I could maybe achieve what I want to do with just reusing a bit of the hardware I have at home, you know, that was my motivation anyway. Yeah. Eventually get a big piece of a server anyway and just do it. No, I, I, I completely agree with that. Right. It's, it's, you don't want to, you don't want to be spending dollars just for something like that. Right. Yeah, exactly. Especially when there are creative solutions around it, like, like what you're doing. Yeah. And I mean, the, the MQTT state stream stuff, I think, uh, can be a bit confusing from the documentation. I sort of struggled realizing, you know, how the topics match up and all that. But I think uh, I was speaking with Isabella about this, you know, getting two-way sync is a bit tricky because you're getting into infinite loops and stuff like that. So I'm avoiding that, literally just a master and a, a slave setup. And it's, yeah, so far working for me. I think there's definitely been an improvement having Home Assistant running on its own dedicated machine and yeah hopefully uh, i can move some more stuff over to it and see where we go from there that's awesome i will keep you posted yeah definitely do but yeah apart from that i have no other new gadgets yet i'm pretty boring just playing with lovelace when i get a chance and yeah 
keeping it going. Yeah, no, I hear that. It's uh, <laughs> it's it's problem is uh, my 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 at least my big issue is I, I also have a job and <laughs> during the day, right? So it's like. <laughs> Well, okay, that takes away from all this other stuff, but uh, yeah, I have to pay the bill somehow. Huh? That's right, that's right. It's uh, it's, it's a good thing I actually like what I do. So, always <laughs> <laughs> well, helps. I don't, otherwise, this conversation would be going in a very different place. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you have any cool home assistant setups that you want to share with us, feedback at haspodcast.io. Also, if Rohan was incorrect about Ring, make sure you email us feedback at haspodcast.io. I want to make him feel shamed for getting it wrong that's right that's or right. if he was right let us know anyway <laughs> well if i was right then i might just blow my ego so we, we don't know yeah okay that's, that's <laughs> <even better. laughs> all right until next week guys cheers cheers